0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Joywell Conversations. I'm your host, Chisara Asamoga, and on the season finale of the Joywell Conversations, Dr. Carrie Williams, trichologist, celebrity hairstylist, and creator of the Goddess Locks, joins me at the Joywell. She has been making waves as a speaker, educator, and teacher of all things natural hair. So you have your tea ready? Great. Let's welcome Dr. Carrie Williams, to the joy well. I want to start with your journey. Okay. Because I have known you, I've known you since were you a teenager? Oh my gosh. Like, yeah,
1: I was a teenager.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that I can't believe it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I just, was an
1: older teenager, but yes, I was a teenager. Yes, yes. You were you,
0: you still had teen at the end of that age. <laughs> I still had teen at
1: the end of my age, yes
0: but your journey has been amazing i have watched you like grow be fierce be badass you were always this way always like to me always had a singular vision and focus and you just went for it talk to us about that journey talk in your own words because they can hear it from me and i'll just gush and gush but you go ahead and tell us
1: Yes, I mean, I am a natural hair care specialist. I'm a leader in the natural hair industry. Yes, you are. Licensed barber, licensed cosmetologist, trichologist, so definitely all things hair. Salon owner, product developer. And I've just been so blessed. And to your point, I've always loved hair. And it really Mm -hmm. just started with me having a passion an interest, Mm -hmm. um, a natural gift for styling hair, um, and all the things that come along with that, connecting with people, helping them to feel good about themselves. And so um, as I got older and you start to get asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And Mm. I had so many ideas. Right. When I would say or think about being a hairstylist, it wasn't something that was really encouraged. And people around me knew that I had the gift. They were enjoying the benefits Mm -hmm. of my gift.
0: <laughs> um, yes,
1: and yet you know it was like you're such a smart girl you know be yeah. a doctor be a lawyer yes you know, um and so I I did I excelled mm-hmm. academically but it was when I was in college that I started to ask myself the question what can I do for the rest of my life love it Mm -hmm. And then the afterthought is to get paid for it. It was so important for me at that time Mm. to um, really make sure that I was doing something that I loved and that I enjoyed. Yeah. That desire was connected to a need to maintain joy. And Mm. so I think that, if I was going to choose a career path and, and be doing something for the rest of my life that would support the lifestyle that I wanted, I wanted to make sure that I really loved it. And when I was truly honest with myself, the answer was hair. And, and it made me nervous because it wasn't something that was um again encouraged. I was in this highly competitive yes. and academic environment yes. at Berkeley. Um, and I'm like, and I want to be a hairstylist. And I and the the way that I saw it in my mind was something that you know, wasn't as significant as some of the other career choices that I was being encouraged to, to pick. So mm. the blessing is that I told my mother, you know, mom, I know what I want to do. I want to be a hairstylist. And immediately she was like, oh, you've been, you've been doing that your whole life. You're going to be successful no matter what you do. From there, continue to pour wisdom into me as far as just making sure that um, no matter what I did, yeah. that I treated people the same. Yeah. Um, that i use my gift to just be a blessing and you know with my prices make sure you don't charge you know she (laughs) she anticipated thank god she prophesied i would work with celebrities because she was like you know when you start working with celebrities and things don't you charge them you know more money you know yeah just because yeah yeah really encouraged fairness so that Mm. that set me free that that gave me or allowed me to give myself right to, to to really chase after my dream passionately. And I didn't know all the possibilities that lied ahead. I didn't know, um, the doors that to life. And I'm so glad because even at this stage in my career where I can list all of these wonderful things that I've done and it's still yes. growing yeah. and the opportunities are still presenting themselves that when it comes down to it, I truly love what I do. And it's the thing that drives me and motivates me mm-hmm. even in the face. Of obstacle and
0: uh, and adversity you know I I I love that you say obstacle and adversity and I'm remembering when I I don't remember if it was La Brea or Pico no it wasn't Pico I believe it was off of La Brea and when when you were you were working in a salon this is early stages and and when I think back now I'm like yo you were in there doing it you were confessing things you were claiming things every time I sat in your chair yo the conversations (laughs) we would have and like I, I'm just, you know, w- the thing that I'm thinking about right now is like you were doing it in that moment when you couldn't necessarily see it all. And even now, like even with all the stuff that's going on, the, the yeah. beautiful blessings that you are having. Right. You're still not able to see it at all. Doesn't Paul say we know in part and we prophesy in part. Yes. Yeah. But you were sitting there and it just it, it gives me courage. But I also wonder how were you feeling in that moment, even though you were claiming it and whatnot. there was a period of time where I felt like okay if it were me I'm like okay I'm not seeing it but I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stay consistent I'm gonna persevere how did you do that
1: you know I truly believe in seeing those things that are not as though they already are it truly is the power of the imagination Mm. to your point I've experienced difficulties Mm -hmm. but the thing that would keep me committed Yeah, committed to the vision and the dream was that I could see myself I was connecting myself to the future version of myself Mm -hmm. so at that time in my life confessing I know exactly the salon you're talking about right there on the miracle mile and so knowing in my heart that I wanted to be a salon owner even though I didn't own a salon yet I could see myself Hmm. owning the salon and I knew how important it was to hold on to that vision.
0: Dr. Carrie Williams began her journey in South Central LA where as a kid, she became fascinated with hair. But like many of us, she didn't know the possibilities that existed for someone like her. Her brilliance and her dream led her to UC Berkeley where she received her degree in mass communications. Shortly after graduation, she moved back to Southern California and began the journey of mastery for her trade. Her perseverance paid off as a natural hair care specialist, and then later a PhD in trichology, the study of hair. The woman who as a kid wanted to have Brandy's braids was now doing Brandy's braids and making waves. But her first step out on Faith, opening her first salon on San Vicente Boulevard in Los Angeles, California, wasn't all glitz and glam.
1: I had been in the space for four years, going on five, and um, I had been managing the salon. I was doing great and flying by the seat of my pants when it came to the finances. And it was just the, the landlord was increasing the rent. Um, I was working crazy hours. My stylists weren't paying their rent consistently, and I was just feeling a lot of pressure. I was paying a lot of money for my savings, tapped into my retirement, and I was just feeling just lost. And then I started to feel like a failure because it got to a place where I knew I could no longer manage the space. And it was so difficult. I held on, I think, way too long because I was so concerned about what others would think. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I
0: don't know why I started tearing up because I understand what you're talking about, though.
1: Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm.
0: I do understand that. Yeah. Wow, I wasn't expecting to tear up when she said that, but I did. Hashtag 2020, open, raw, and witness to the full spectrum of my emotional life. (laughs) Okay, not the full spectrum. There's a thing about achieving a dream that makes you witness to your own vulnerability, and that can be scary. Even in this stage of my professional existence, I have had questions, I have wondered, What would people say? What would people think? It's good to have friends around you who respond to such questions with, So what? Who cares what other people think? Some years ago, I had a good friend give me an assignment. Every day, at the beginning of the day, write the following, I don't care what other people think of me. Ten times. And I did. And it worked. But it only worked as long as I put it into practice. And it's a practice that you have to manifest every day, that you are not going to give in to what people think about you, but to live your purpose, as long as it doesn't harm yourself or anyone else in the process. That is an active choice to liberate yourself from other people's thinking
1: yesterday I was watching this sermon Pastor okay. Todd, and he said something that illuminated the idea of wins and victory. Mm. Um, and as we go, you know, we talk, we claim the victory and we know that God goes before us and that, you know, he writes the end from the beginning. And he said that when we declare and we know that we have victory, that means there's a battle. So we're going from battle to battle knowing we will have the victory. So, perfect opportunity to share that with you and those who listen that again, when I going back and being in that moment and not having the illumination of that word at that time in my life, it was still just the idea. Like, I know God is using everything. Yeah, I got to say the course. Now, girl I'm about to be going forward. Like, okay, this battle means I'm about to get another victory. So as long as I stay in it, then I am sure to experience a win.
0: One of the things that, that I'm remembering is, Write the vision, Habakkuk 2.2. Write the vision and make it plain that he who sees it can run with it, right? But it's not just the other person, it's you. (laughs) It's you. Make Make it plain for yourself. And then like you said, commit to it. When you said committed, it made me think there are certain values that we hold dear, like personally, each of us. You know, a company might have values. They have their mission statement, their vision statement and their values. But people don't often think about what their own values are. And I want to know you, Dr. Carrie Williams, what are your values? What are the values that, that keep you, keep you aligned?
1: Uh, The first word that comes to mind is generosity. Mm. Just being generous, going above and beyond in my service and what I offer because at the base of everything that I do is because I want to give and I want to share. So generosity is definitely a core value and it has opened up so many doors of blessing mm-hmm. for me and my journey. Um, integrity, you know, integrity and transparency. Um, again, so important to me as a core value embedded in my business and how I work with my clients, how mm-hmm. I work with stylists, anyone who I work with, maintaining that integrity and mm-hmm. that transparency um you know always thinking about the needs of others yeah you know, myself because at my core I know who satisfies my needs so right it right me to open vessel where things can just come through me so being generous and having integrity we because in- I mean that's it,
0: that's it and that's that's all you need because that's being in service that's being in service and it reminds me that it's also about relationships I mean generosity integrity that's about who you're working with any business owner, anybody who is in service to others has to maintain a level of integrity and generosity. You just, you cannot be in service without being generous. And if you are, there's always a conflict. If you're not seeing things going well in your relationships, think about the, the integrity that you bring to the table and the generosity. I think you were spot on, spot on with that. Thank you. You know? So right now, what are you up to? What, what, are, what are some of the things that you are up to that are bringing you joy in your business?
1: Oh my goodness. So, um, my, my goals, of course, they continue to expand and grow. Mm -hmm. And so as I've been working in my career, a new goal I have set for myself, maybe about two, three years ago, was that I wanted to transition into doing hair for film and television. And I wanted to really expand my educational platform. Yes. To really focus on training Mm -hmm. and uh, teaching the next generation of hairstylists. And so working on this new goal, it brings me so much joy because it shows my growth. You know, um, the growth, like in my desire to give in this new way, mm-hmm. right? Because for years I've been giving of myself to stylists as I yes. built my business and employing yes. them and really to uh, my clients and the consumers. And so this is a new challenge for me. And I've learned in my journey that anytime I'm encountering uh, something that makes me feel a little uncomfortable, that means I'm growing. And so, mm. you know, even though I'm in the same industry of hair, I'm literally rebuilding my business on the inside. It's like I'm starting over and you know, I've been straying away from using the word fear and scary. So it's very exhilarating.
0: Yes. It's thrilling, isn't it? (laughs) Like being on a roller coaster, (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's It's thrilling, of course. but it keeps me excited because that's the thing that drives me yes. to keep going. The yeah. challenge of it and pushing myself out of my comfort zone and seeing, you know, how much more of a, can I, you know, grow mm-hmm. and, um, and it, and it excites me because yeah. this journey as I've already experienced is going to just really pave the way and be a testimony for me to share with the next generation of stylists who are then needing help to push themselves out of their comfort zone. And exactly. I can just say.
0: What's the one question that women who are interested in going to business for themselves should ask themselves as they're, as they're preparing, no matter what stage, but definitely in the beginning, what should they be asking themselves?
1: I would say the question that I asked myself at the beginning, I think is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, could you do this for the rest of your life? And what, like, what if you wouldn't get compensation? Is there something that would still bring yes. you more? You do this without compensation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because when you are setting out to do your own business, the reality is tell the truth. You might be doing it for a long time. Yes, without compensation. Yes, tell the truth. In the truth. form you know, desire or yeah. you know, imagine. Yeah, so it's so important to not let the the money mm-hmm. be the driving factor. It has to be. That desire, that passion yeah. it has to be, because that's what's going to keep you going. So that is a very, very important question. Mm-hmm. I think that's the sole question. Yeah. As you get into the journey of building your business, like you said, no matter what stage you're in, when the obstacles come, because they will come, you can go back to you know, that definite purpose, why you're doing it. And just really being solid on your wife. I guess that's another question. Why do mm-hmm. I want to do it? And being very clear about your why, Mm -hmm. you know, again, the why should not just only be connected to money. There needs to be a deeper purpose as to why you want to do this, because those are going to be the two fundamental things that will carry you through.
0: Girl, because yay, though, I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be death all around you. It's just, yeah, I know you don't want to use the word um, fear, but that that pressure, that um yes. that inability to see, okay, what, what where are we going now? And like, oh my gosh, I'm so caught up in my my own head, in, in what's around me. And I'm not like caught up in my heart, in my passion, in my joy. And you've you got to bring it back down to that. Yeah. In 2012, Dr. Williams had a setback, and setbacks are par for the course in every life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a parent, an educator, an artist, or a scientist, setbacks happen. But that doesn't mean you're a failure. And even in the midst of that setback, it's really easy to get caught up in the notion that you are a failure. But Dr. Williams, in the midst of that setback, was given a gift, and she tells it to us, in the following segment. So, tell me, what happened then after the realization that your outer life wasn't really matching your inner life, um, especially when it came to living out your dream?
1: You know, I ended up downsizing. God ministered to me um, through a client who said, you know, sometimes God will treat you like a bow and arrow; will pull you back so He can shoot you further forward. So I was in I love that. this space. Wow. Three years, yeah. Because again, I was sharing with her, like, you know, I feel like a failure. And you know, learning not to identify with something that didn't work as who I am. Like, no, you're not a failure, Karen. Yeah, right. That you were brave. way of doing your business yes. just didn't work. And yes. so now yes. God is pulling you back so you can refocus and figure out another way to do this. So again, that's the, the commitment. Yeah. But I'm not going to give up. I just have to take a step back and I need to figure out a new way, a different way to do this thing so that it works. Mm-hmm. And so the second time around, um, I, I'm in my small 140 square foot salon. I went from 600 square feet to 140 square feet and I'm working it out. And three years go by and I've now trained three stylists. I'm an employer, and I invented the goddess locks.
0: The goddess locks. Her signature hairstyle created in 2015 has been making waves in the natural hair community ever since. Celebrities, the likes of Ava DuVernay, Sierra, Megan Good, Tyra Banks, Lisa Bonet, Rutina Wesley, whose character Nova on Owns Queen Sugar wears it as her signature style, and the incomparable Tessa Thompson, who stars in the upcoming Amazon Prime movie, Sylvie's Love, have all sat in Dr. Carrie's chair to get the Goddess Locks. She has trained stylists across the country with her signature method. And chances are, if you have gotten the Goddess Locks or know somebody who's gotten it, the stylist who did them was trained by Dr. Carrie through her Goddess Locks certification
1: course. And I move into a 1,300 square foot salon. And my business goes from generating $8,000 a month a month, sometimes $50,000 a month. I have a staff of like six people and everything looked like it was going great, except I was still flying by the seat of my pants with my finances. Wow. I did not take the time. You know, we all have those things that we just like, you know, procrastinate on or, you know, so I had, you know, bad habits with the mm-hmm. management of money. That was a result of how I was trained and what I was yeah, exposed yeah, to. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And I didn't take the time to realize that those habits just weren't bearing the right fruit in my life. So here I am, bigger salon, more responsibility. And I was not generating a salary. Mm, mm. I was not paying myself, but I was traveling around the world. My staff was getting paid. I was paying myself here and there, but I didn't have a consistent salary. I was living living with my uncle. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mother had passed away right before I opened my salon. Mm -hmm. And so I moved in with her brother. And so all that to say, it wasn't something that really hit me because Mm -hmm. I was living with a family member. I knew I wasn't paying myself a consistent salary, but it wasn't impacting my life.
0: Right right I, feel,
1: I was turned 30 and i was told i needed to move <laughs> and then the reality sunk in mm. that carrie when you strip it all away you could be homeless now of course the reality is i know a lot of friends and family yes right could exactly. be homeless right exactly
0: <laughs> exactly no i know that girl yes
1: right right but it's just like the reality of the finances like right. you aren't supporting yourself yeah and um
0: or investing in yourself
1: or investing in yourself like there was an imbalance and it's like you want to grow to be you know, this great enterprise leader. And yet like you still, there's still an area that you need to work mm. with. very vulnerable. An agency came in and shed light on this for me. And they told me that in order for me to get out of the red, I would need to file bankruptcy. And now mind you, at this point, it became regular tapping into the uh, retirements, And I just remember crying. I just remember bawling my eyes out because at this point when you know the first time around when i said i didn't have no money i mean i still had some money but it was like look i'm not gonna keep siphoning money from all these places i'm setting aside for myself i need to make change. this time i used all of my money and i knew and i cried i had i mean literally i might have left because my financial advisor suggested, don't take all the money out your savings <laughs> out of your retirement at least leave a thousand dollars so that thousand dollars I was left in my retirement that's like all of my retirement, yeah, yeah, I've been saving since I was seventeen mm. and now I felt like it was gone, and then my savings you know I had different savings account, and I literally Oh my gosh, she I remember, I remember just breaking down. I didn't know what I was go- gonna do. I, I I had to move. Yeah. I was told I was I had to file bankruptcy. Yeah. And now the fears of what people were gonna think were hitting me now at a greater level because now I have this 1,300 square foot salon. I'm paying all these yes. people, I'm flying around the world, honey. Right working with some of the top celebrities. Yes. I ain't paying myself. Mm. You know, that was difficult. I had to make some very difficult decisions. I thank god for these these women who came into my life through this agency to shed light on my business in this way it challenged me yeah it pushed me it stretched me Mm -hmm. i began to look at the resources around me one of my best friends she is a financial strategist and i got with her began to look at the resources around me Carrie, who do you know yeah to their skill sets so i thank god for her she Mm -hmm. made me take a hard look at my numbers put me on a a plan to save and budget simultaneously pay down debt and literally within six months i was able to move out of my uncle's house into my own apartment fully furnished at the time when i moved had enough money to furnish it and do all the things without stress. paying myself a consistent salary and at the time when i was searching for my apartment i mean my budget was low and i found an apartment in the spirit and my spirit said this is where i'm supposed to live and but it was outside of my budget and I just said, you know, God, I've signed leases to salons without having enough money. You have given me some tools on how to budget my money. So I'm not going to be foolish. I'm going to be a good steward. So mm-hmm. I'm going to trust that you're going to provide. And he's been providing for me for the last six years. And now I'm, when I talk about growing my business I can truly feel even more confident as a business owner because I remember my uncle said to me, you know, when he told me that I had to move and I was having a conversation, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not paying myself. And he said, you know, you might have to rethink what you're doing if your business is unable to sustain you. And, you know, I didn't take offense to it. It was like real. It was like, Mm. He's just giving me some guidance because
0: yes
1: i'm an adult and he's like yes
0: it wasn't a reprimand it yes. wasn't chastisement and that's also growth on your part because you could receive that information knowing that it was coming not from a place of like a hater but like somebody who was actually interested in your well-being and, and or may, and maybe they weren't
1: you know, my uncle loves me i knew that interested in my well-being so when he said it he said it very matter-of-factly but like you said I took it as like okay Carrie you have a choice yeah and the choice is figure out again go back to the drawing board because now remember now this is I have went to the drawing board for three years
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) so Mm. now like Mm. go back to the drawing board yeah figure out how to make this work so you can make your life work or like your uncle said you might have to like really think about Something else, mm-hmm. um, and so I went back to the drawing board. And I heard a guru say, "You know, failure doesn't exist for the man who who never gives up." You know, so that's it right there.
0: That's it right I, there.
1: I went back, and that's the thing. You know, I just kept trying. I kept trying and kept turning it. And that in itself was another vulnerable moment. I guess I'm just taking to all the key vulnerable moments. <laughs> Because that was a vulnerable moment for me because Mm -hmm. I have been defining myself for my whole entire adult life as a salon owner and hairstylist. Yeah. And now after having had my salon running it for 12 years, I'm like, I'm I need to close this space. I had another turnover. So you know, stylists come to and I knew this i had gone through it but it was like another turnover where stylus had left and i was gonna have to retrain and i just had to get to a place i guess i didn't have to i chose to come to a place where i had to reframe where i was in my career and i realized carrie your your goals your dreams are shifting you were 17 you wanted to be a salon owner and guess what you you were a salon owner for over a decade yes Yes. and Now, because of what you've been exposed to through that part of your journey, if you want to do something else and create a new version of yourself, you can do that. And you don't have to be scared about the starting over because you're not starting over, starting at level one on a new platform. Now you hire and now everybody has to start back at one again. You think about counting and then we at one again
0: and Two, exactly four,
1: six, seven, eight, nine, 30. One again so mm-hmm. just realize like okay carrie you've done this before yes now you're just doing it again it just looks a little different but you don't have to be as nervous like you said, it's going to be thrilling yes and <laughs> the ups and downs but no that you will be okay. And my goal and my hope is now that I'm on this new part of my journey, having experienced these vulnerabilities and still every day having moments, my goal is I observe my thoughts and I'm, I'm I'm more aware of my journey that the process won't have to take so long. Cause I can look back at how my fears, Mm -hmm. the fear of the unknown slowed me down. You know, it doesn't stop what God is doing. It slowed me down. So I'm like, okay gonna truly accept what i'm being called to do i'm going to act in spite of my fear mm. i'm going to act even when it feels uncomfortable yes act when it feels inconvenient i'm going to talk to myself which mm. i do often yes. and i have to tell myself sometimes to shut up because i'm not going to cheat on my future with my past and we want to do all that we can do right here right now until we connect with the future version of ourselves. Thank
0: you. We are in the Joywell Church, y'all. Yes. We are in the Joywell Well Church. Hallelujah. I'm like, yes. Can I get an amen? We can even pass the bucket right now. That was word. <laughs> that was word.
1: Girl, I'm preaching to myself too. This is how I talk to myself every day. Carrie, like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. It's done. We're going to do it. What are we doing today?
0: Yeah. What are we doing today? Like like John Lewis had said, you know, um, what good trouble can we make today? Like every day I'm like, okay, what's the good trouble for today? What's the good trouble yeah. for today? How can we rile, rile things up, change things up and, and move ourselves forward? Ah, woo, Carrie, girl, thank you. Yeah, because girl, yeah. as I'm,
1: I'm listening oh, to looking That's you invited me. I know, I know, right? Yeah. Right,
0: right? You're going to bring it. You're going to bring it because the only thing that's different right now is like, I'm not in your chair. Right, <laughs> right, right. And I feel inspired because even as you were saying it, like you have these moments um, where you're most vulnerable. You have these obstacles, but there are ways, there are ways to get through it. And the biggest thing that you said to um, to us today is you know that bow and arrow analogy? Like you're like a bo-
1: pull you back
0: pull you back. I mean, to that target. We're, it's not a degree off because you know if it's a degree off by the, 10 years from now you're going to be way off track. It's to the target.
1: Yeah. Come on. I'm like, "What?
0: Especially especially right now?" You know, but the, to your point about that dream in in 2012, when I went to when I finally got my dream of moving to DC, working in the federal government, senior advisor on healthcare reform and innovation, right? Like this is during the Obama men- administration, you know, like getting to be in meetings with folks like, you know, you just hear about on the news, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm in my element. Then, literally, like. Three years into it, three years into it, this was a, a critical a critical moment, 2015. I had just been to Italy. I had just come back from Italy for the second time. Like I had, you know this, when I got to Italy, I was like, spirit said, come home. And I was like, what is this feeling? Why am I supposed to be here, right? So March of 2015, my boss um, and friend was like, you know, so so what are you thinking? Well, how do you want to go for it? And he keeps asking me this question. What I didn't know was that he himself was being asked that question because they were about to promote him for where I was working. And he wanted to see where my head was at. And I couldn't, I couldn't answer him. I, I didn't have an answer for him. But one night in that period of time where he kept asking me that, I had, I had realized, I was like, I fulfilled my dream as a 17-year-old. It was the summer after the summer, like my dad had just died three months earlier and I was on a plane to DC for this forum, this national youth leadership forum on medicine. And I remembered sitting during one of our mock congressional trials or whatever on health and standing up there like defending my argument or something and saying, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come back to DC and I am going to change healthcare. I'm going to be somebody who is instrumental in doing something for our healthcare system. Fast forward, I'm there. And I realized I had fulfilled the dream of a 17 year old. This is what I told my boss. I said, I had a dream when I was 17 years old that I would come to DC and do just this. I have done it. Like I, I, I realized then, like I was, I did not have to, hold myself to that anymore that i also could evolve like and 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 it took me a year to actually get out which you know when you think about it it's like okay what what if i had taken that leap in 2015 instead of 2016 like i did we will never know but at that point i knew that like Oh, I had fulfilled my dream and there is literally something else because I knew something else was pulling me But I was just like how am I supposed to get to there when there's all of this and I'm supposed to be a doctor? And this is what you know people know me as this person who's into politics and whatnot
1: Right, and
0: I was being drawn somewhere else and I follow that path of somewhere else and I am here I got to be the MD helping to change health care. I'm still the MD that helped to change health care yeah. But it doesn't have to be a mistake It doesn't have to be uh, some, oh, I shouldn't have done that if I had just started before. Because there are a lot of people out there who are like, man, I'm in the wrong thing. Like, I just need to change it and leave it. Like, even me for a second, I was like, "I I just need to get out of all of that. But you realize, no, that's also for a purpose. You can also draw from that and from those experiences and help that move you forward. Nothing that you have done in your life is a mistake. If that passion was there to do it and that was a dream and a goal, then sure enough, that is going to be used to help you move forward. You are going to draw on those lessons. You're going to draw on those experiences, but it is not the end. It's just part of the journey. So I was just, you know, as I was, I was listening to you, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. We literally all, we have that same story. It plays out differently, but when we hear each other share. Then we know that we're not by ourselves in this world, especially as black women, because the whole purpose of the joy. Well, the whole purpose of my mission in life is to amplify our voices and to help tell our stories, whether I'm telling it personally or helping you tell it personally, whatever it is on the page stage and screen. I like to say that I'm, I'm the storyteller. I was doing that in medicine. I'm doing it now. Like, and that is so that we can stand up. We've got a vice president who's a black woman, Southeast Asian woman of Caribbean descent, which means of African descent. I'm like, we, we just need to know that we are right now, right here, wherever you are, just, just know that we are here for a purpose and we just got to stand up. We're an army, we're a tribe and we're going to get stuff done because we've been getting stuff done. Let's just be for real okay let's do this lightning round okay what is your favorite book
1: oh my favorite book is actually the first oh there's a couple running to my mind right now yes okay can i give you a couple
0: yeah 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 absolutely
1: the go-giver the alchemist and my new favorite children of blood and bone i finished the first one i'm ordering the second book and i'm about to read the first one again
0: you know my, my book is the alchemist like legit the alchemist now if your life were a play or a movie, what would be the title of it?
1: The title would be... I don't know. Um, Is that the title? (laughs) No, the title would be, um, I don't know, Miss Amazing?
0: (laughs) Did she say Miss Amazing? Okay, that's it, that's it, that's it. Don't be embarrassed. Hold on to that power, embrace it. (laughs) Miss Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, okay, who would play you who would play you?
1: Oh, ooh, there's this young actress. Uh, her name is Lyric Ross um, Lyric Ross or um, Oh, what's that other beautiful actress Tiana? Uh, Tiana Paris, I think
0: Tiana. Yes, Tiana Paris because she was on Mad Men. She was the the first black yes. secretary on on Mad Men. Yes the last thing that you googled
1: um oh can i look really quick
0: yeah yes
1: <laughs> what was the last thing i googled oh well, that's boring but it was about uh hair and scalp disorders it was about who hair and scalp disorders
0: brilliant i love that i love it, it was about business
1: that's the way yeah. it should be <laughs>
0: Is there something women can do right now for themselves to help with their hair in the midst of the pandemic? Like, what's the one thing you would tell somebody to do? You can't get to a hairdresser or, or you're doing it yourself, but you want to keep your hair healthy. You want to keep your scalp healthy. What's one thing they could do for themselves?
1: Um, I would say keep the hair care routine simple. Mm. So get back to the basics. Yeah. Shampoo, condition your hair, have your Dr. K daily spray on that. Yes.
0: Girl, using it all the time.
1: if you got any knots or tangles get that comb out cream keep it simple
0: (laughs) keep it simple how do you define joy
1: I feel like joy is an attitude of the heart Mm. and joy is not affected or impacted by your external environment so that even in the midst of difficult trials you can still tap into joy, which will keep you going so that you know that everything is all right and will always be all right.
0: That's right, girl. That's right. That's right. How do you feel your joy well?
1: I feel my joy well really by spending time with God and spending time with God in different ways. You know, again, growing up, you know, I thought it meant that it had to be, you know, Bible open you know, on my knees, hands folded, you know, some versions of that, But like I take walks with God, you know, um, I go shopping with God, Yeah. I go on drives, I just walk around my house and talk to God, the God in me, and just really being silent, sometimes just sitting still, and sometimes, you know, I feel something, and sometimes just being in the quiet and the peace of it, but it's I find that that's the best way for me to feel my joy because it cuts out all the distraction. And it reminds me that who I am, I'm connected to something so much bigger than what my mind will try to tell me I'm connected to. And so that keeps me joyful. Mm. If there was something you could tell your
0: younger self about joy Mm. and about living a life of joy, what would you tell her?
1: Um, I would tell my younger self to know that I am special and unique and the very thing that others would try to tell me are, um, or try to make me feel insecure about or try to tell me is a deficiency is the very thing that makes me special. And to, to not worry or put too much weight into what others think. That the only thing that matters is what God thinks. And God thinks that I'm perfect because he created me this way. And I would remind my younger self of that.
0: Yeah, there it is. There it is. Good grief. You just, you, you brought us to church and back. You've (laughs) taken us to the mountaintop. (laughs) You helped us to see that even the valleys (laughs) are not the end of it. (laughs) That all we got to do is stay on the path, be focused, have faith, and just know just know everything is working together for good. And I so appreciate you coming to the Joy Well to speak with us today.
1: I appreciate you bringing me on and allowing me to share this space with you.
0: In the end, the most important thing to know when you're setting out on your dream is that things happen, it's not gonna always be easy. You'll be confronted with things that you didn't know existed about yourself or about the world. But if you're willing to show up every day to your life, to yourself, honor the purpose that you have been given, that wells within your spirit and within your body that you just can't shake, it will be well worth it. There is not one person, not one successful person, unsuccessful person, by whatever standard you want to claim success, that hasn't had a setback. I like to think of that bow and arrow analogy, that sometimes a setback just means you're about to launch on target. And that's okay. That is okay. Your timeline is your timeline. Your success is defined by you. If the world wants to praise you, that's okay. If the world does not, that's okay too. Because we all know, the way the system is set up now, it's not everybody who's doing a good work that gets praised. That is all right, keep doing the good work, keep making good trouble. It's necessary, it's needed. We talk about unsung heroes, use your voice to sing your worth. The unsung hero is only is only used because there are other people who don't know how to sing our song. Well, let us sing our song for them and for ourselves. You're not unsung. Sing your purpose in this life. So that's the end of this season of the Well Conversations. I hope that you have been moved by them, inspired by them, and are starting to think differently about your own life and how you can pave your path of freedom with joy. Next season, we're doing something a little bit different and you'll see why or how. And uh, in 2021, Great things are happening. Um, I'm opening up the Joywell Academy for women who are itching to transform their personal and professional lives into ones of unapologetic joy that's sustainable, maintainable, and isn't based on just what you see, get, and do. With that being said, may you find rest, have the most peace. Have the most love, the most safety, and of course, the most joy, every day and always. And remember, love joy. Be joy. Live joy well. You've been listening to The Joywell Conversations, a podcast of The Joywell. This episode was written by Tisara Asamora and produced by Adane Productions. Music is by Kevin McLeod. For more information about the Joy Joywell, visit us at www.livejoywell.com or on Instagram at livejoywell. Subscribe, share, leave a comment, rating, or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you.